0: Hey, guys, what's up? It's me, Rex Strategy, and you're listening to the Out East Vibes podcast brought to you by Dune Road Lifestyle. On this episode, episode 12, we're back from a long break to talk about the future of the podcast and a topic that's near and dear to our hearts, the future of fitness post-pandemic. We sat down with three top fitness influencers for a discussion that's not to be missed. So let's dive into it. Hey guys. And so it's been a while since you've heard from us. I think our last episode with JB Andreasi was published in March of this past year, 2021. Now it's November. So obviously the first question on everyone's mind, right? Is uh, where have we been and what have we been up to? And so, you know, 2021 for us was, um, a year of mixed successes and disasters, right? Um, Things went well for us in some ways. Uh, personally, things you know did not go well for us in other ways, and we had to adapt and we had to deal. And uh, when I say we, I mean the the folks, you know, me and my my team that puts the podcast and the website and the Instagram and all of our all of our content out. And uh, it's been tough um, this past year, and uh, you know it's getting better, but that is a non-explanation explanation for where we've been um, instead of, you know, putting out the content stream of content that you guys are all super accustomed to from us. Being at East this summer was also kind of a weird experience, right? Because, yeah, things were turning to normal, folks were going out, et cetera, you know, businesses were, were back to normal-ish, but there was still kind of this lingering sense of like, oh, uh, we're, we're not fully out of COVID yet, like folks are getting vaccinated and, you know, stuff's happening, but It definitely wasn't like a full return to pre-pandemic and you know hopefully we get something closer to that this summer but you know it's the world is irrevocably different um post-pandemic and i don't think we're ever really going to get back to a full pre-pandemic situation at least not for for a few more years but we're always going to kind of have this memory kind of imprinted on us of of how the world shut down for a couple of years, and I think that's going to have fairly broad ramifications in how we go out, how we party, how we enjoy ourselves, you know, at restaurants, clubs, etc. But you know, one of the other things that's really been on my mind um, is how we're all going to reengage with fitness and. You know, this episode funny enough was recorded back in february and we've just had to sit on the audio because quite frankly we didn't have the time and the bandwidth to really return to putting out podcast episodes so here we are thanksgiving weekend 2021 and we're releasing this episode that we had you know this awesome discussion back in february with um gabe snow christina Centenari, and julie jaws nelson um, about the future of fitness post-pandemic and, you know, how folks are going to re-engage and, you know, what better weekend than the one where we're all stuffing our faces full of turkey and God knows what, um, to talk about, you know, what going back to the gym, going to group fitness classes and all that is going to look like and whether people are going to continue to sort of work out more at home than, than out in public and, and vice versa or whatnot. And, uh, you know, let's just not, belabor the topic of of me kind of thinking about this with you now and let's just dive right into the discussion um that we had with Gabe and Christina and Jaws and yeah you know as for the podcast I think we'll also start to focus more on like topical issues and trends and things like that as opposed to you know individual so yeah it's a uh, brand new future for the Audis Vibes podcast and uh we're psyched for it so without further ado Here's the discussion on the future of fitness. All right, guys, and a super special episode uh, for tonight. We've got uh, Gabe Snow, Christina Centenari, and Julie Jaws Nelson on with us on the Audis Vibes podcast to talk about the future of fitness post pandemic 2021 and beyond let's go and just do a round of introductions you know it's overwhelmingly likely that our followers and listeners here have uh, seen you guys on social media instagram tiktok etc but um you know ladies first so uh gabe why don't you start us off
1: <laughs> it's gabby um gabe snow here i know rex uh, from back in the performance house days i was a performance house founding trainer. Um, Currently, I'm a Spartan master trainer, um, doing some work with some other brands with education like the Fit Ops Foundation, and uh, just a dear lover of New York City and New York City's fitness scene and all the great people involved.
0: Totally. Um, yeah, I miss those days, man. The uh, performance and the rapper. I miss just being in a gym with people. Uh, Christina, how about you?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Christina. I, uh, I'm from Baltimore, but I've been in New York for about three-ish years now. feels like much longer. Um, I played sports in college and then kind of fell in love um, with fitness once that ended. And I uh, started my career off at Rumble with Jaws. <laughs> and um, over COVID, I've kind of pivoted to more private training personal training um so i'm at a place in soho called motive ny as well as um another personal training gym in the west village called s10 also with jazzy
0: and leading up to that intro jaws tell us about yourself
2: all right
3: so uh my name is jaws and i've been in the city for a long ass time <laughs> um I started off as a performer. That's kind of like by trade. That's what I was. But I I like to say my profession now is just um, movement because I kind of fluidly move through all forms of movement, whether it's uh, actually doing the movement, studying as an athlete, um, teaching it as a coach, fitness instructor, or directing it as a movement director. I get to work on a couple of sets uh regularly and direct movement whether it's just uh you know very typical fitness moves or more artistic approaches to movement
0: that's awesome that's like the full spectrum right there um (laughs) there's probably a lot more you can add (laughs) yeah well (laughs) um there's probably a lot more you can add than just on the the training and fitness side here but uh let's start in on on that um since that's what um you know we're we're focusing on tonight um so The one thing, you know, people are kind of wondering, whether it's in the Hamptons, in the city, or really anywhere in the country, slash, probably world, is what's going to happen with gyms reopening? Like, are they reopening? Are they not? And what have you guys seen? And I guess the two things I want to focus on here are like, one, there's, well, really, there's two kinds of gyms, right? There's the gyms where like bodybuilders and super hardcore people train at, um, where like these people, you know, it's like gym, God, food, country, right? And then there's more like normal uh type gyms like Equinox and and uh you know the crunches of the world and places like that, um where, you know, it's just ordinary folks who like, you know, could go with a workout or could move off platform to something else. Um with these kind of places, you know, what have you guys seen in terms of them reopening versus not? Timelines that you might have heard about and um, you know, are people gonna go back in or not?
1: Um just based off of my experience with the where's you know, the gym scene is, has been going, um, I mean, as like, you know, a bodybuilder at one point in my life as an athlete currently and former, and now just as a trainer, it really, I don't really think it's come down to like niche specific. I think it really kind of comes down to just how committed somebody is to their goals, because right now the gyms are kind of making it happen based upon the people who are trying to get into them. So you know, I've, I've worked out out of out of a couple of spaces since COVID's happened. You know, um, we kind of call it speakeasy training. Some of the places that I've been doing tra- uh, personal training out of, but I think it really is just down to you know, where, where there's a will, there's a way. So I think that like my clients, um, I've been lucky enough that not really much changed for me in 2020. Whether it was digital for a little while, but the second I told them I had access to a gym, like everybody was coming in, everybody was getting after it. So I think that, you know, like you said, the kind of the everyday Joes, like that are just kind of showing up to Equinox, like those people aren't really gonna tend to be the most committed. So they're probably not gonna really feel the need to find a way to get back in there. And then, like you said, like the, you know, the people who are the hardos, like the, you know, eat, gym, God, country, like they'll find a way, whether it's them designing something in their apartment, their garages, if they live outside of the city, or if it's you know working with a trainer in the parks or on their rooftop you know or in these gyms that are lucky enough right now to kind of reopen under certain guidelines um, for instance Performix House is now currently called uh, For All Movement is what we've reopened as and it's just it's personal training heavy there's no you know just open gym time it's you and your trainer which kind of helps with the reopening process and making people feel comfortable because it's not like you know, you're just in there wandering around. You're guided during your session with a trainer, which keeps people socially distant and then keeps people time efficient. You're not just like, you know, equinox days of seeing a guy like on the lap pull down for two hours, like texting between sets. Like that's over now. So now I think people will have to take their gym time much more seriously and be much more efficient in the gym, which I think will also kind of play out in favor of personal trainers, um, because it's going to make people really want to spend that limited amount of time that they get in a gym, no matter where that gym is much more productively, um, which is what I found to be true in the in the spaces that I've worked out at um, since the, the pandemic has hit. So I think it'll kind of weed out the people who, you know, are just kind of those, you know, nine to five that come in just to get a sweat, from the people who are actually goal oriented, which you know is much more motivating um, as a fitness professional to see to see people, you know whether they're COVID fearful or not, like you know, quote unquote, take risks by being in a gym setting again. And it's 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 I see it as a very optimistic state right now. I think that the couple spaces that the three of us are actually lucky to work in are are doing well. Um, so this whole like New York like fitness scene thing is, is not true at all. So that that's kind of my take. Um, not that I, you know, by all means, I'm thankful for the for 2020, but you know, at all, but it has really separated, you know, the cream of the crop. And I've been lucky enough that I've retained almost all of my clients um, during this time, and they're all people who are serious about whatever it is they're trying to achieve with me.
2: Yeah. So um, I will kind of add on to that here a little bit, but I'll start off by saying that. I listen to, I like podcasts, Rex. So I listened to a lot of podcasts in the beginning of all of this madness about the future of gyms. Um, and a lot of, you know, there was a lot of talk about like times changing um, and absolutely times are changing and have changed and will keep changing. But I, I also think that there will always be um, a market for the, the gym. Right. Like I, I I believe that, I mean, in 2019, there's a statistic that there's the most uh, gym memberships bought in the U S ever. Um, so that was, you know, kind of pre pre COVID times. Um, and so I don't, I think that is just building and I, I don't think it's going anywhere. And I definitely think that with some minor changes, especially over the next few months, maybe years, um, it's going to look a little bit different, but all in all, people are going to want to physically get out of their space, whether it's their apartment or their office, come into a setting um, where they can just kind of get some endorphins going and and get moving.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and Charles, what's your take on it?
3: Um, I mean, I feel like obviously, like we all said, it is extremely hard to predict the future but I do agree in the sense of there's always going to be a place for for the gym I think I think there's definitely a lot of different types of people and the gym catered to those different types of people whether it be like the way that they are social or that they don't enjoy the social aspects of the gym like I think also what Gabe said about efficiency really stuck out to me because now I I totally agree people are are getting in getting out they're choosing their workout a little more strategically if they are going somewhere in person um and they're being more specific because there's a lot more information out there the audience has become way more educated we always used to say it in performance especially as people shows like The Voice and, um, you know, American Idol started coming on TV, people actually started hearing what it was to to like, their ears started getting stronger. They started seeing who actually could sing and who actually couldn't. So that was what I thought was interesting. Now that there's so much, (laughs) you know, virtual content out there and everyone is out there on these interwebs, you really can get very specific and your audience has gotten a lot more educated. So they're going to be able to put themselves into whatever block that they deem is worth their money and their time. So I really, I truly believe that like the gym will stay, but also the way that the people who usually you go to, let's say like a group fitness class, like those people are going to want that. But as far as I know, group fitness is still not open. So what are they doing? Where are they going? So I wonder like, if it really is going to be just pocketed into these little teeny pockets of fitness. Like We're, we're not going to really see it go one direction or the other. I think we're going to see it like spiderweb into a lot of different directions because we can't just cater to everyone who has the money and the funds to be able to do one-on-one. because that's unrealistic. But also at the same time, like, how is it going to be brought to maybe actually, I think this is kind of cool that, you know, the I guess the silver lining of the pandemic is that like, it has made fitness and health and wellness more accessible to everyone. So that's kind of how I see it.
0: That's like, so much of why I wanted to have you guys on to have this discussion, right? Is because like, there's just like, nuggets of genius like that where it's like you got to look through kind of the the overall kind of doom and gloom and realize that there are benefits to it um you know again 2020 definitely sucked but like if people are getting smarter about their fitness and if you guys are really seeing that then that's sort of an unpredicted kind of side effect of the pandemic and yeah like the democratization of it and people being able to access um content online and stuff um, say more about that, all you guys. Um, you know, what are what are some of the positive things that are like kind of unexpected, but just like holy shit, that is a result of this new way of living.
1: Um, I would say one positive that I've encountered a lot with. I mean, and by no means like you know bashing group fitness because I, I think that the fitness scene as a whole is definitely going to hurt for a while, losing that sense of community, um, which is you know just that's irreplaceable. But what I found is people becoming again, like Jaw said, much more educated, yes, with like their fitness, but also with their bodies and being able to really listen to their bodies a lot more and realize that like the six cycling classes a week isn't actually a good workout and that, you know, mobility and, you know, maybe trying out a new form of fitness is something that they never really would have done unless their, you know, beloved group fitness classes were taken away from them. So it's made people step into more uncomfortable realms of movement and fitness that they I don't think ever would unless things were taken away like they were this year. So I found people becoming more educated and more intuitive with how they feel. And, you know, ultimately that's you know, that's that should be the goal of almost all fitness professionals is getting people to help them understand their body and what their bodies need. So I've I've seen people really branch out into different Areas of fitness, um, you know, my guys who were just focused on beefing up and getting gaining muscle, I'm you know trying to get them more into running and getting them to access their bodies in new ways that you know don't require a gym, you know. And now I got guys running miles who uh, you know all they were doing before was crushing weights and protein shakes. So watching someone blossom in terms of you know their, not just their body but their minds opening up to new things is something that I think that. 2020 has gifted all of us, and I and I think that you know anytime we think we're set in our ways and we have to pivot and we conquer that pivot just increases our self efficacy, and that is something that I think a lot of people have done. You know, people that were you know really were fully reliant on me as their as their fitness professional being able to figure things out on their own has really shown me just. How much you know people are capable of and shown themselves, and and I think that that's really a gift that 2020 has offered a lot of people is is that you know ability to be self advocate, depend on yourself, and to step outside your your area of comfortability. Yeah. Um- so, Christina,
0: what I'm hearing from Gabe is that he's ready to become a dad. <laughs> gave us a dad to all of his clients like pushing them out of the nest
2: yeah 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 no i mean that's really not a far-off analogy um it's it's part of the job we we hold i feel like as trainers and and even instructors we hold many different hats um besides taking taking somebody through a workout which is special um and Yeah, I mean, like it it gives us a lot of insight into what people are thinking nowadays. And and I ask a lot of my clients and, you know, friends kind of where their mindset is. Um, I will say that over COVID and quarantine and at-home workouts, um, I have gotten a lot more questions about, you know, what do I do if this is hurting me? Um, What do I do if... You know, I'm sitting for too long and kind of how do I manage some of these aches and pains? Um, And I think that is definitely one thing uh, that just should be addressed. Again, it's kind of going with the fact that people are more curious and more um, in tune with their bodies. It's almost like I almost consider it like you're pushing people, like Gabe said, out of their comfort zones, but forcing them to ride a bike with no training wheels. (laughs) Like a lot of people don't really know what they're doing. And so when you make them work out by themselves, by themselves with minimal instruction, it can be interesting. Um, So I would say that like this time has showed people, you know, maybe what they did pre quarantine in terms of working out and having an active lifestyle that that they will not continue once everything opens back up, you know, things that didn't work for them. Um, And I think people will take things that did work for them.
0: That makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. Um, And I wanted to touch on something you brought up actually, specifically, it's like the way in which we live now. um, And I mean that in all facets, not just with respect to fitness, but like you know, um, we spend more time sitting or, you know, I will confess that I have really taken to the idea of a bed desk. And I know that sounds horrifying to any fitness professional, but I spend a lot of time like lying prone on my laptop, like kind of half crunched. Um, and that creates uh, a new set of, uh, physical, like, uh, quality of life issues, right? Like whether it's, um, you know, neck or uh, hip or really any other, but, you know, I'm not the one who's qualified to, to speak on this. You guys are. So, what have you seen in terms of uh, you know clients having sort of new physical issues, and what are ways in which, whether it's on their own, self-directed, or um, within sessions that you guys have, you know worked on um, to help people kind of adjust?
2: Um, I'll pick it up quick before Jaws chimes in here, but I I think that first there's there's two types of people um, that have kind of. Emerged over this time. So, there are people who obviously have been stuck at home sitting um, a lot. And whether they were sitting in their office beforehand a lot or not, um, sitting is sitting and sitting is not the best thing for you. So, one question that I get a lot, like you said, Rex, is just like, how do I manage some of these positions that ultimately I'm in for a long time throughout the day? Um, And my answer is pretty simple and it's just, to stay moving, right? We talk a lot about posture. We talk a lot about, um, you know, a correct position. Everybody has a stand up desk now, and I- I'm gonna kind of put this lightly out there right now, and just say that their po- posture <laughs> isn't essentially um, what we should be focused on as much as just keep moving and don't stay in one position for too long right so if you are in that prone position on your stomach and you're kind of crunched up that's actually okay if you've been sitting for the past 20 minutes to change it up and lie on your stomach in fact i tell a lot of my clients that but then you know like you'll start to probably slouch in your shoulders and then you want to stand up and change again um and so i think that what's important right now is just Figuring out these small ways to get people, even if they're in a small space, to just stay moving. I would say every 20 minutes, it's quick. It's a, it's a quick turnaround, but every 20 minutes, change up your position. Don't stand for too long. Don't sit for too long. Don't slouch for too long. Um, movement is the key, which is a perfect segue to JAWS. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you
3: more. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, just piggybacking off of that, I think it is interesting because it's like almost like people had a freaking aha moment now that it's COVID that they've had shitty like movement patterns and postures and the way that they move their body and sit at their desk, whether it's at their house or at the office is like actually kind of humorous in a sense, because these things aren't new it they've been like this forever and now some reason now people are just starting to pick up on them but it's just it's the same thing as someone going to a uh sitting at your desk and hunched over on your computer would be like the same thing as someone going to a spin class every single day two times a day like that's just as shitty so like i i think it is this this whole thing is kind of interesting because (laughs) it's almost like now everyone's like having this, like, Oh, maybe I do have bad posture. I'm like, and I, I get it. I'm glad that people are kind of noticing now, but at the same time, I think it's different when it's something that you need to be at, like, uh, you know, uh, certain uh, body positions that you definitely need to go to a, a physical therapist to correct. Right. Or specifically work towards those goals. But as a general population, I think whether it is just you sitting at your desk all day or you taking the same class every single day, doing the same workout every single day, I kind of see it as like the same problem as we had before COVID.
0: Yeah, it's it's super interesting that you mentioned that also, right? Like the, I'm, I'm hearing, um, you know, more than a few times, right? The people are going to like one type of class. So like, let's say it's spin, right? We've talked about that. Um just above right like multiple times a day or like especially multiple times a week even right like so when someone makes let's say like a big investment right um in terms of like cash whether it's upfront or a lot of these things are financed now uh through like Klarna or things like that right but let's say someone buys like a peloton bike and that's like a huge serious chunk of cash so like one there's people who just won't be good about using it but for the people that are like oh man i spent this money i'm going to get my use out of it and are now just doing peloton let's say or some other you know nordic track has when everyone's got one basically like you know whether it's that or the rowing machine but only that uh do you you guys see or could foresee i guess that being kind of an issue uh where people are making huge investments and then trying to quote unquote recoup it by overusing the same motions and the same postures and the same workout to their own detriment
3: well i think a lot of those well not all of them. I think a lot of those pieces of equipment actually have kind of predicted this. So they've made other things within their programming to be that it's not just that one form of working out. Like I think a lot of people who work on a Peloton aren't, aren't just using the bike. There's so much within the app that is, it's like they're trying to keep it a circular ecosystem, you know? So, but I think other companies to your point, you know, all their brands, other companies, I'm sure they, they haven't really thought about the whole, um, you know, 360 approach to health wellness.
0: Yeah, no, that, that actually is, is super on point. Right. So I guess in terms of, you know, let's say someone hasn't yet, right. A listener hasn't yet purchased any one of these, but is, is thinking about them. So a real buying guide perspective, I guess, would say like you should look for ones that have a more 360 approach to content as opposed to just, you know, um, the one singular way of moving. Is that, am I getting that right?
3: Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, from my perspective, uh, that's that's how I would view it. I mean, you have to do your research. You definitely have to obviously look and see what you can afford and et cetera, et cetera. There's so much that goes into it, but I think some of these apps that are, they have a piece of equipment, but they also have something digitally on their phone. They're thinking of people who can't afford their piece of equipment, but they don't want to, they don't want to make it so they can't join the community. I think they have really thought about building a community and being inclusive to a lot of different people.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, and that's it's interesting. So I guess they approach it from like a socioeconomic standpoint of being like, well, all right, you might not be able to afford the full-on Peloton bike, but you can get our mobile app, and for like a you know much lower subscription fee per month, join in some of the content, so you get some of the cycling. But then you also have bootcamp-style workouts, perhaps. And I don't know, I haven't um, ever used their platform. I just know it because it's like a sort of the brand leader among these, right? But um, it's funny because then, I guess, in an effort to make like their, or sorry, in an effort to make their platform more accessible to more people, they've also then, uh, whether like you're saying, probably by design, also created workouts that um, function on the various different axes of of motion. Um, to mix a
1: metaphor there, I agree, um, with, like strongly with what Jaw said about how a lot of these uh, pieces of equipment come with you know utilization of of other things other than just the equipment like you know the peloton bike really being able to offer content that doesn't just tune to the bike the thing that i will say though is that really comes down to the user um what i find is you know people who are are cycle heavy love the positive uh reinforcement of being on the bike and get, using that as a measurable of constantly getting better at peloton you know which is great cuz it's they're not sitting on their you know on their couches doing nothing but i have had to reverse the issues and help clients i've had to help clients reverse the issues that cycling repetitively holds because they're getting better at the bike and i'm like you know there's a yoga class on there there's a tread class on there and they're not going to do that stuff on their own you know thankfully but unthankfully at the same time like that's why my profession exists is because i'm going to put people into the the you know like you said axes or, you know, movement planes that they need to get in that they wouldn't necessarily do on their own time. So as great as it is that these, you know, Peloton and order track offer these other classes that already get people moving, I do find that people on their own time are going to do what they're good at, which is nine out of 10 times not what they're supposed to, or not supposed to but what they should be doing, as in what's best for their bodies. So I have a lot of clients Like, I mean, I almost, I bite my tongue because I convinced one of my clients to please buy a Peloton bike because she was training with me like six days a week and it was getting to be a lot. (laughs) So I was like, can we like supplement maybe a bike in here or like a rower, you know, so you're not like trekking into the city six days a week. And she's had to have, you know, I'm not saying this is because of the bike, she had issues on her own, but she wasn't taking care of herself between cycling sessions. So she went on a very heavy cycling, you know, 2020, and ended up having to have a foot surgery, then she had something wrong with her hip because she just was literally two a days on the bike. And it's, you know, it's great, because like I said, she's not sitting on the couch, but she's created a lot of issues for herself because she neglects the other content that's on there. And I think that that just goes, you know, for for all people in fitness, we all are going to lean towards the things that we're good at, you know, the, the bread and butter. And when we start to do that, that's when we're starting to see, you know, overcompensations and our bodies get used to one pattern, you know, movement pattern, and that's never good. So it's great that the content's out there, but I do believe that it is very specific as to which people purchasing these pieces of equipment are actually going to choose to utilize all of it. So, you know, I would love to see, you know, Companies like Peloton keep doing what they're doing, but maybe even more so. You know, step away from the bike and get people, you know, out of that position, um, more if they can. But I do think that these pieces of equipment during twenty twenty have literally saved lives, um, especially in terms of the the sanity and mental health of of our population. It's gotten people to stay positive. It's gotten people to sweat. Um, it's given them something to look forward to in the morning it's it's replaced that community that group fitness has you know been stripped of so they do great things but it is up to the user to do things that are that are most beneficial for them
0: yeah and it's like super super i guess um i wouldn't even say it's interesting because it's not really that surprising that you guys are so like 360 when it comes to looking after your clients right and so for a lot of people, I don't think this is the case anymore, especially not among like our audience. But you think of like the classic '90s personal trainer or whatever, like some A.C. Slater type, and then it's like, no. In the new millennium, right, the idea of a fitness professional is someone who's taking into account their client's entire well-being, not just like, oh, can I make you a better spin cyclist? Um, Right. And the the fact that you guys are thinking about these issues and also thinking about, like, okay, well, based on my client's psychology and what they're inclined to do, is this the kind of person who's going to branch out or going to double down on what they're good at and creating programs and directing? It's really awesome to see. And frankly, I think the profession itself has been really, really elevated over the last 20 years. Um, certainly, you know, and as much as I've since I've been alive. But um, it's, yeah, I, I think that really is what it comes down to, right, is whether the person is the kind of person who is going to double down or push themselves to to work on kind of new things. And I will, you know, wholeheartedly admit, right, that I am guilty, very guilty of doubling down on things that I'm good at and, you know, uh, frankly, like... To, to give an example, the amount I could squat versus the amount I could like, you know, lateral lunge was shockingly disproportionate because I just didn't care about moving sideways. Bad on me. Right. And I'm easy to tip over as a consequence. But, um, you know, like I um, it's it's super cool to, to see you guys taking that um, psychological aspect and, and guarding people against their uh, sort of best and worst inclinations, um, you know, to heart and to practice. Um, and I feel like we've covered a lot of like very serious kind of like technical topics here. So let's, let's take a break from that for a second and go into just some, like, I don't know, uh, fun, fun stuff. Right. So, you know, um, fitness things aside, you know, what have you guys been up to in 2020 and what are, what are some of the changes in your lives and and stuff you've been up to and things you've been doing, maybe stuff you've been watching on Netflix. I don't know. Just give it to us. Let us get to know you guys a little bit better. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm going to go just because of what you just kind of said, being guilty of leaning heavily into the things that we're good at. Um, I've been guilty of that for years, just, you know, pot calling the kettle black, constantly doing, you know, what I know I'm comfortable with in terms of my fitness. Um, And, you know, paying some consequences for it as we get older, obviously, but I really use 2020 as a a way to kind of get in tune with myself and what I want to do and things I want to learn. Like I've, I mean, maybe Christine is to blame for a lot of this, but like we went rock climbing and Aspen, you know, we're out here right now in big sky skiing and snowboarding. I, uh, she convinced me to hire an Olympic lifting coach. So I'm getting into Olympic lifting. We did strong first kettlebells. I've, you know, really kind of taken my own advice for once and really stepped into as many different realms of, of activity as possible this year, since I had the chance to, but, um, I mean, fitness aside, it's, it's been a, a, you know, it's been a great year as, as guilty as it sounds, you know, as terrible as it sounds, it makes me feel guilty. It's been a great year of like self-exploration, um, you know, getting in tune with, with myself. I turned 30 this January. So really, you know, just kind of trying to become my best self in as many different areas as possible, um, you know, I've gotten to travel, which you know some people might judge me for for getting on planes during a pandemic. But been very blessed to make the most out of this year and uh, and level up in a lot of ways. I started my own LLC. Um, I've gotten to pair with Spartan, which is a company that and a brand that I'm just so passionate about and what they do in terms of you know getting people to challenge themselves. And also be a part of just such a, a great community of diverse people, and and you know people of different ages, shapes, and sizes, which I really would love to watch the fitness community continue to do. Um, in terms of binging and Netflix, you name it, we've watched it, <laughs> we've crushed all the series. Um, but yeah, we're 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 big heavy on the on the series things. Christine is trying to get me to read books, which is new to me. So that's another thing that I'm trying to <laughs> be forgiving and get into. But um, it's been just a great year of trying new things and having the time to make for myself, step away from the, the you know, the rat race of, of New York and, and really just get to enjoy, you know, quality time with people that I love and, um, and continue to plan on doing that and not get back into the monotony of You know 10 sessions a day and and just earning for the sake of earning so yeah it's been a it's been a fun year um hate to say it i you know feel terrible like i said saying that it's been such a good year for me and hopefully for christina as well since she's dating me um but it's uh it's been it's been a good time totally on the uh reading books
0: thing uh audible the audio books thing uh when you're doing cardio it's a lifesaver game changer Um, Christina, go ahead.
2: Yes, Rex. Thank you for that. Um, (laughs) maybe he'll listen to you. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, this year, (laughs) this year, like, you know, so many silver linings and you'll hear that a lot, but I think that, uh, we, we tend to get really stuck in a routine and whether we want to get out of it, there's a difference between wanting to get out of it and, and getting out of it and then being forced out of it. and I'm grateful to kind of be forced out of it. Um, I I'm definitely I've realized I'm a little bit more of an introvert living in an extroverted uh, lifestyle. Especially hopping into group fitness, love it. Um, but this time has made me be able to kind of go back into that introverted lifestyle. I've done a lot of like intrinsic work, read a lot, learned a lot. Um, I actually wasn't wasn't too big into school when I was in school. So this is kind of ironic, but, um, yeah, so I'd say I've, I've read a lot of good books and, uh, like Gabe said, we've been lucky to travel. Um, every day is like, you you don't know what the next day brings, which is, it's, it, it scared me a little bit in the beginning, but now it's fun because the whole world is like that. So, I I would say that the most important question to ask yourself, you know, I'll I'll answer your question with a question is like, what are the things you hated about your life that you want to stop doing? And what are the things that you want to do less of? You want to do more of? Um, So I, I try and keep that in mind as we take it day by day here.
0: Yeah. That, uh, definitely is is kind of the outlook on the future is, is a day-by-day sort of approach uh, for sure right um Julie what about you or sorry Jaws what about you <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I will get no, that right fine. eventually no
3: <laughs> I'm like you're, you're like she's this crazy biatch that can only be called Jaws um no I'm like dude I'm like Prince though I literally like at, at some point like it's only going to be a letter or like a sound like Jaws Like, no, I'm kidding. Um, But (laughs) I want to know where my invite was to Montana.
2: (laughs) Yeah. What
3: happened? I'm kidding. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I'm just going to cry for a couple minutes and I'll be over it. Um, (laughs) I actually have to agree with you, though, Christina, in the sense of like, I am definitely introverted, which is everyone loves when I say that because they're like, there's no way. And uh yeah it's like it has been weird because I I've been inner sizing, you know, learning more and just kind of taking time for myself and not as, you know, I'm I'm trying to bring myself back to you know, uh the crazy world of social media and whatnot slowly, but like I actually did spend a little bit of time like trying to not care as much about that sort of thing. Um and uh you know i i think i for so long felt like if i wasn't busy i wasn't successful and i think that is like the the biggest takeaway for me i i realized that like the happiness is honestly like my happiest time is when i wake up in the morning and i like sit at the counter and drink a cup of freaking coffee and just like kind of go through things in my head or listen to a podcast or whatever before I have to be at work, like usually I'm just freaking running from place to place, literally running, because I I never gave myself enough time to get somewhere. I'd like try to book myself so so many, you know, so close between appointments or things or different. I would literally be like freaking. I would wear a backpack that was a running backpack, and I'd wear running shoes because I knew I'd be like remuting everywhere, to just make it on time. And I'm I'm never on time anyways. Like I'm. I'm one of those people who are late and I hate that about myself, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. Cause I actually like sat down and watched TV and Netflix and like, I was like, oh, this is fun. And I tried to cook, which I mean, I'm just terrible at cooking, but like, at least I made the effort. Like, I was like, oh, let me try to do these things, you know? Um, and I have to say, I've actually really enjoyed the fact that it like forced me and, everyone else, of course, to just like stop and pivot, figure out my life. And, you know, it was scary, but I think when everything was happening, um, in the very beginning of last year, but it also, it also realized it made me realize how, how like certain people and myself included are just like definitely stronger than they think they are. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And like, I feel like at peace with myself. <laughs> so, yeah. The
0: uh, the cooking thing is super interesting. And I kind of, let's take that as a segue into this next bit, which is like, I guess all of us know that like, in terms of health, um, you know, exercising is just one component of it, right? No matter if it's, you know, cardio or weights or whatever, but diet is, you know, when I was bodybuilding, um, and I, I have a past history in um, in that sport. But uh, all of my coaches told me, like, dude, whatever you do in the gym is 15%, diet is 85%. And look, maybe those numbers were just more skewed towards motivating someone to keep to a diet. But, um, you know, I, I definitely, I think, adhere to the idea that diet is more important um, for overall health. Um, obviously not discounting exercise, right? But to the extent that the pandemic has forced people to kind of be at home more and potentially cook more, um, you know, and not eat out as much, but then again, being at home, binge watching shows, there's just excessive snackage happening. Um, you know, what do we think about, um, the way in which people are engaging with food now, um, whether better or worse, uh, than prior to the pandemic?
1: So nutrition is definitely, um, I would say my passion in in this realm of, you know, if we're going to tie in fitness with nutrition, Rex, like you, you know, I've done a couple NPC shows, been very successful um, in my short-lived bodybuilding career, but um, yeah, I mean, nutrition's—I would go as far as to say it's ninety percent of bodybuilding. Um, But you know, back to your question of how twenty twenty and quarantine has changed eating habits. Again, like kind of back to that—you know, Peloton—is it good, is it bad? Having the bike at home, Um, I've had clients. That have struggled tragically, um, you know, sugar addictions, um, late night eating. Not that that makes a difference, as we all know, it doesn't make a difference when you intake, <laughs> you know, calories, whether it's a surplus or not. Um, but really struggle with, you know, keeping their hand out of the cookie jar if you know their goals were to, you know, lose body fat. You know, keeping keeping their nutrition in line with the the relevancy of their goals. But then I've also had people who basically just gone completely the other way. Um, I've got this one client who's really taking 2020 and taking it, you know, by the reins. And he's like, I have full control over my day now, like, like kind of like a Jaws and a Christina running place to place doing a million things, to, you know, during the day. Um, you know, constantly in meetings and calls and not having the chance to ever get his hands on like a decent meal. And now, you know, cooking all of his meals, having five planned meals portion a day, he's put on 40 pounds of muscle this year and has lost a tremendous amount of body fat. So he's, you know, one example of, you know, how you can take 2020 with your eating and then I've got clients who have literally, you know, gained a little bit of, of you know, issues with alcohol intake and, you know, a, a sugar intake. So it's, it's all over the place, you know, and if I can really say anything, it's no different than any other year. It's just a little bit more dramatic. Like you're going to have people be capable of doing this one way or the other. It's just up to them, whether they were the ones making the decision, and I think, the difference is that this year kind of made the decision for them it was sit on your ass at home and either order delivery or cook your meals you know so i think it's really kind of allowed people to pivot and really say you know take control or really allow themselves to lose control and uh, you know sad for those who haven't but great for those who have
2: yeah i i will uh just take a different approach um and lead by saying that, like, no no matter what this year has brought to whoever's listening, it just, like, just love yourself, man. Like, whether you're eating too many snacks or not enough snacks, like, just start by, like, being taking it easy on yourself because it's not going to make it any better. In fact, it'll make it exponentially worse. If you are sitting there, um, just getting mad at yourself and and frustrated, um, that's not going to help anything. So I will start with that. Um, and then I think that everything, over the past couple of months has taught us to be more intuitive and, and listen to ourselves. And Jaws was talking about how she wakes up in the morning and like, looks forward to just sitting there with her cup of coffee. And I gave laughed next to me because I literally do the same thing. And I never did that before. And I think that if you can take that sort of moment, that sort of present, mindful moment, into the rest of your day, it doesn't have to be the whole day. I think that's impossible, but into parts of your day. And you just think, you know, if you're struggling with being home and and having the pantry right there, take a moment and just say, is this gonna serve me? Is do I, is this gonna make me happy? And if it does then go for it. And if you sit there and you're like, nope, I can wait till dinner or whatever, then wait. And uh, just, it's so much easier said than done. And I'm preaching to the choir here for sure. Um, but just be light about it. And that is my take on nutrition, especially now.
1: It's food, not heroin. Yeah, yeah. I might have to debate
0: you on that. Oreos to me are basically my heroin, but. Uh, <laughs> we're doing um, three of those a night right now, yeah. so we're here with you. <laughs> and Jaws, what about you? Uh, how's your cooking been? Has it been more <laughs> in the healthy side of things? Has it been more in the like experimental different cuisines kind of things? Tell us about that.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not Bobby Flay. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just like throwing something in a pan I don't even sometimes don't even I'm like is this lamb or is this bison no but um you know I try to keep things simple honestly I'm not like a fancy person like I'd I'd rather just something nice clean simple I think that shit tastes good um but you know I I agree with what (laughs) Gabe and Christina are saying about just like everything when it comes to nutrition and especially just being kind to yourself and maybe like the one thing I do notice is because yeah, it's something that like all of a sudden now is 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 being talked about. That's because you know social media is like it is where people get all their information, and now there's so many different ways to um, like uh, have this information, whether it is TikTok, Clubhouse, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. So I think if you're someone who who really struggles with that sort of thing, like all you have to do is remove yourself from some of those outlets. Like don't follow people. If, if you're a woman and you're trying to attain a certain look, unfollow that person. Like it does, it serves you no purpose. Like in, in what I eat doesn't matter. <laughs> like what, if you eat what I eat, it's not going to make you look like me. So, and etc. Like, so it's kind of like, Also, I think it'd be nice for just some people to just educate themselves a little bit on their own. There's a lot of great information out there on just like the basic nutrition, you know, Um, because a lot of them are using Instagram to see what acai bowl their favorite influencer is eating, you know, to make them lose 100 pounds. Yeah, I'm exaggerating. But I think uh, taking yourself off of those removing your brain from shit like that removing your brain from looking at a poster and dissecting it and being like oh that Calvin Klein dude or or woman or whoever like I want to look like them how can I get that like dissect that as much as you want but don't try to you know make it something you're so obsessed with you know
0: yeah and so here's uh I'm going to get on to a soapbox for a second and preach, but like to the audience, to the listening public, like if you're taking your, you know, diet and nutrition advice uh, or even fitness advice from someone who doesn't do it professionally on the daily, there's a problem, right? In the same way you wouldn't take, uh, you know, legal advice from Breaking Bad or suits, right? Like I see a huge problem with, influencers who might look a certain way and whether that's reality or you know people are face tuning their uh, that's what the term is i guess for like the stretching filter or whatever to make yourself <laughs> skinnier guess like, it's, it's just it's it's crazy right and so they, they might not even look you know like what they actually portray on on online and they're dishing out advice on how to get slimmer by eating this or by buying that product or whatever and i you know like I, it
3: runs deeper than that but yeah
0: Talk, talk like, to me,
3: it's, it's not. No, but I'm just like jokingly. I'm like, it's not even Facetune, man. Like, it's like, like people look at the Kardashians. I'm like, there's not, they bought everything on their body. So like, who the fuck cares if she's plant-based diet?
0: Yeah. So Like I goes. saw
3: some fucking bullshit on her Instagram. Like plant-based diet. I don't even follow her. But I was like, everyone's commenting like, yeah, go plant-based, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> yo, literally, literally. What her body is 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 made up of of silicone and like people like cut things off of her like I'm like dude stop, <laughs> oh yeah it's like bodybuilders
0: back in the day with their synthol right and they were like yeah
1: Gabe
0: yeah. okay, so why don't you explain I mean, to the
1: audience what synthol is oh God it is, what do they call it uh sight enhancing oil. So it literally creates a large lump and yeah, yeah. muscle groups to make it look like it's much larger. But back to, back to Jaws's point and, and Rex you as well. I did my bodybuilding competition um, almost a year and a half ago. I did it as, as I did it vegan. Um, the amount of, you know, it, good things because people are saying like, Oh, like, you know, I can look like this if I'm vegan, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I had a, lot of muscle mass on from years of eating like a total carnivorous asshole, like pounding T bones every day, college football being 265 pounds, I could then diet down and afford to be vegan and still enter into a bodybuilding competition. The amount of people that thought that that was realistic for them was was insane. But like, you know, that's up to people like us to like Jaw said, like, just because you eat what I eat does not mean you're going to look the way that I look you know, and that's something that these influencers, you know, they're getting paid to to basically educate the exact opposite message, you know, use this CBD oil, you'll get tons of sleep, and you'll wake up beautiful with no bags under your eyes, the bags under your eyes that you photoshopped out, like, so it is it is a huge wave that I'm really hoping that, like, people like the three of us will really continue to send that message of, you know, the the reality versus the Instagram message and the fact that like nutrition and diet is never going to like change your bone structure or like make your rib cage smaller. You know, there's things about ourselves that we just have to learn to love in that, you know, no diet and, you know, even surgery is not going to change that. And that's a good thing because that's what makes you unique and makes you individual. But, you know, back to that, that misinformation it, I'm hoping that this influencer era will die because it is misinformation and hope it's just going to take the public really trying all these fad diets and trying all these supplements to be like, that shit doesn't do what they said it did. You know, and us bodybuilders, like we're, we're the most guilty of all. You're telling me if I take this pre-workout, this post-workout, this protein powder, I'm going to be 250 and shredded by next summer? Like, no, like... It's just not the case. (laughs) So, I really hope that there's going to be like a wave of us that like bring back like flip cell phones and Nokias and start telling the world that like get off Instagram, delete that social media profile that is unrealistic, that is not anything that you want to entertain. Like, you don't want to entertain this misinformation because there's a bunch of people spewing bullshit and they're getting paid for it. And, you know, that's where a lot of these brands, I hope, disassociate from these types of influencers. Cause all they are like, I mean, you know, I'm going to call it as I see it, a spades, a spade. It's, it, you're a fucking liar. You're lying. So it's, it's Yo, hard, especially yeah. for somebody who 100%. myself, I was overweight my entire life. I was a very overweight child, overweight teen, struggled with bullying as a kid. And, you know, obviously I, I've been lucky enough to be in a profession that's allowed me to educate myself and change a lot of those things. But, you know, it's, it, I'm still going to be that kid at heart. That was, you know, crying in the dressing room because my clothes didn't fit because I was at Abercrombie and Fitch and all the models looked, you know, wearing the clothes looked a certain way that I never was going to look. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, it's up to leaders in this industry to really take a stand and and educate people that it's okay to look that way and be to educate people that that look is not realistic nor sustainable. And, you know, I get fired up, as you can tell, when when people start talking about this. Yeah this uh the nutrition end the supplement end because it is it is just full of misinformation
0: yeah like it's as you said right um and i want to give christina a chance to jump in here too I it's just like you know t- quickly it's like you know i i can speak from personal experience right like i won an npc title using 100% whey protein um coffee uh carrots white rice and turkey breast. That's it. That's it. No no special magic whatever and you know people look at pictures of me from back then and I frankly can't even I don't know how I had the willpower to do that being king of the Oreos right now. <laughs> um but like yeah, like there's no secret. It's just hard ass work and control over your diet. And uh even that, that level of control and that work, supplements and things aside, even that attitude isn't always fully sustainable for a select level of people who can live like that. We call those people pro athletes. We call those people, you know, competitive bodybuilders or professional bodybuilders. But for the most of us, like that level of, you know, discipline um, with respect to your physicality and your body and your diet and your movement and whatnot is not possible to live a more normal life. And that's perfectly okay. You don't need to look like, you know, whatever, or, you know, be able to perform like whatever, uh, unless that's how you make your money, right? Or unless you really, really fucking want to. But I think that self-forgiveness is really important too. But Christina, let's hear from you on this.
2: Um, there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say is my point about uh, nutrition and social media for sure. Um, not only nutrition, like a, a lot of things that live on social media and travel around um, that aren't I wouldn't even call it accurate. Like Gabe said, it's just like lies. Um, social media is a market now, so there are a lot of brands that are advertising and paying a lot of people a lot of money to post things that aren't necessarily true. That's advertising. I majored in it in college. <laughs> um, so I I would just say it all comes back to being if you're curious and if you wanna make changes, I mean, go with your gut i I feel like if if you are at least a little bit smart enough, you kind of know like what's bullshit and and what isn't and if you don't know, ask somebody who you think might right, and that doesn't mean Kim Kardashian like that doesn't mean go like search her page for answers that means ask somebody like in your gym or some trainer you might have known and, and just ask for help. Um, I I am a big fan and advocate of doing your own research, but also I feel for people out there right now because it's hard. There's so much shit like flying around. There's so much misinformation. Um, so I, I, I would just say always be critical when looking at, what influencers quote unquote are posting, right? Look at it with a critical eye, look at it with an analytical eye, ask yourself, does this make sense? And if you can't answer that, don't be afraid to, to have a conversation about it. Um, honestly, talking about nutrition is fun because there's so much to it. And um, as long as, you know, you don't get one person who is like, this is how it's done for every single person and every single person should eat this way, then I think a, having a conversation is good. If you do run into a person like that, you should probably close off your listening ears.
0: <laughs> no, that that's honestly the best advice. And one of the things I was gonna, you know, say um, is, you know, there are people on Instagram like you three um, that people can DM, right, or find your email and email or get in contact with some other way, right? But there is a wide variety of actual, real, legit fitness professionals that. People have access to. And frankly, now that schedules are much more lax in terms of having control, uh, professionals are much more responsive as well because you're not in back to back sessions 10 hours a day where you can answer a person's question via DM. And, you know, advice on things like nutrition doesn't have to be an in person thing, Um, not always, right? And so being able to access all of you guys, um, you three specifically, but also more generally in the community that you guys, you know, inhabit. Um, people should be, first of all, not looking at influencers with no actual training or certification or anything, but more importantly, actually seeking out real authoritative, you know, educated sources on things. Um, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to, you know, this podcast is kind of a left turn from our typically only Hamptons focused, you know, audience or sorry, not audience. Um, our typically Hamptons focused, uh, guest, uh, roster, I guess up until now, but I felt it was really important to put people onto the fact that for their fitness needs, you know, there are people, here's three of them that uh, can actually answer your questions and give you real advice in a solid, you know, and profoundly dynamic way, right? That'll actually help you as opposed to just, you know, filling up space in your your mind with nothing. Totally. Um, sorry, that was a rant. I'm going to get off my soapbox now.
2: No, I, I'll add to that, Rex, though, like... Uh, I just want to say one thing to that that I think is important, and I don't think people talk about it enough, especially trainers, because sometimes there's a lot of ego and instructors. And but if somebody does reach out to you and you don't know the answer, like don't bullshit. Like just like don't be afraid to say, "Oh, you know, I'm not an expert in this." You'll never see me post about nutrition on my page because I'm not an expert. Gabe a little bit more of an expert, right? So if somebody were to message me and I have a question, um, I'd say, hey, reach out to Gabe. He knows better. And I'm, I'm not afraid to be like, I don't know. So any trainers who are listening don't contribute to all of the misinformation out there.
0: Wise words, wise words. And that's true, right? Everyone does have their like specialties, even within the fitness realm as well, right? Like if someone, um, you know, I don't know where i'm going with this right it's more like if if someone's more into like body movement someone's more into kettlebell someone's more into you know hardcore lifting right even among the specialties right um and sometimes that can get lost in the way in which we present right or which you guys present um where someone might not quickly realize okay well should i ask this person about kettlebells or not and maybe they do and you know shunting that content off to or that outreach off to someone who uh is maybe more specialized in that discipline is a more noble approach than uh, than trying to you know hack at an answer yourself in in hopes of you know gaining some kind of remuneration or something for it right so yeah I think ethics is super important but I will say again with like my overarching comment that the industry I think has gotten a lot more ethical and um, you know uh, better uh, than than perhaps it was uh, twenty years ago right so. Um, that's super, super important, but let's, let's spin things off and kind of, um, you know, move towards the end here on some more funny and, uh, lighthearted notes. I feel like we've all, uh, gotten on top of our soapboxes for a bit, but, um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, this podcast is super special to me. This episode is super special to me because like fitness is something I've been super passionate about all of our audience members more or less, um, have a component of it in their lives and, um, highlighting you guys was, was super important for me. But, um, you know, our, our podcast is usually pretty Hamptons themed. And I wanted to th- touch on, you know, what experiences you guys have, you know, out there, whether it's clients that have moved out there or whether you guys have been out there and like, you know, um, doing, you know, God knows what, whether it's just hanging out and partying versus um, seeing clients out there or working at, you know, group fitness out there, etc. Um, talk to me about your relationship with uh, life out east um and let's let's go from the bottom up now so not bottom up i shouldn't say that there's no top and bottom here but from the reverse order uh julie jaws fuck (laughs) jaws take it away
3: (laughs) yeah so basically i moved to the city when i was pretty young and very young and you know in between gigs as a dancer you're auditioning but then you're also you know if you're me you like to stay busy so I was like, all right, I'm going to teach myself because <laughs> I had a couple friends doing it. I was like, I'm going to teach myself how to DJ. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. I ended up learning how to, uh, you know, mix in some house music tunes. And I got hired to do like dinners at some fish place in the Hamptons. Like they would literally like be like, all right, get on this bus. And they would like bring you out and you would DJ the the dinner party. And then, uh, yeah, I know I have pictures of it too, which is like the most embarrassing thing. So like, that's kind of the extent of my Hamptons shen- shenanigans. Like it was just purely like, uh, I had no clue what was happening.
0: What fish <laughs> place was this?
3: What? I don't know. It was, it they, they, um, uh, they sold seafood. <laughs> They all do. Don't they? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> I have no clue, but someone told me that it was really okay. So these are, these are all the memories I have because obviously I, you know, partook in drinking. So I, the memories I had of this sort of thing was like, it was the cool spot to be, they always had like a DJ. I was the DJ, like the opener, like the early night DJ. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like sometimes ending up at a nightclub that kind of looked like a house.
0: Interesting. Okay. Do we have
3: any ideas what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: I'm I'm trying to piece this together. So, I'm so no,
3: <laughs> it wasn't Surf Lodge. I know Surf Lodge. Oh wait, I did teach one fitness class at Surf Lodge.
0: See, I knew there had to be because I know there's so much programming out there with fitness. one. Like, no one.
3: Yeah. I when did one. That? Probably like five years ago with Shadowbox. Remember that place? Vague. It's okay. You don't have to
0: vaguely vaguely vaguely. Yeah.
3: I don't think many people do. Um,
0: <laughs> wait, but, who else involved uh, in Shadowbox? I somewhat remember this now.
3: We boxed. Um, yeah. But so, no, it wasn't Surf Lodge, but I would like to know where I was when I was at the nightclub that looked like a house, like you rolled up to it. And I literally was like, am I, is this a house or is this a nightclub? And they were like, it's a nightclub.
0: Wait, what, what years was this?
3: (laughs) I can't tell you.
0: No, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Because yeah, yeah, right,
3: right, right. No, I have no clue. So, I'm trying to put it together just as much as you are.
0: <laughs> so hang on. Back in the day, there were um, like we're ta- we're talking like over ten years ago. Yeah. So like so back in the day, and you've been here, I guess, long enough to remember. Like there used to be like a ton of like much more than there are now clubs in like the West Chelsea area, like Duvet, Pink Elephant, etc. Okay, and it'd before-
3: be like that
0: yeah yeah so a lot of these places had like hampton's outposts like during the season yeah so like pink elephant had a location out east and i'm guessing it was probably this one i'll have to look at the pictures of the outside because frankly for the same reasons as you i don't quite remember what the fucking outsides look like but one of them had a, a club that was like on georgica pond maybe that place was called georgica yeah i don't know I don't know man it had a
3: weird um, name they all do but it definitely had a weird name and it looked like some like white house with like white banisters
0: that's interesting uh i'm gonna have to go deep into my roster of people uh yeah i think
3: here. long time long ass time ago
0: we'll we'll solve this mystery for you <laughs> don't, don't you worry you've come to the right place honey thank you because uh,
3: i've been dying to know <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll figure it out wait Josh. so you moved to the city where did you move from because you have an accent that i pick up a little bit
3: what do i a bit like are you kidding wait what is my accent
0: well that's what i'm trying to figure out isn't it
3: like just take a wild guess
0: um i would say it's not british it oh. is it's not british it's what uh aussie new zealand somewhere there
3: oh my gosh i i feel so blessed right now
1: you work around too many Australians is what he's
3: trying to um, say. I know I do. I do. Maybe I'm picking up on their accents. And my the Siri on my phone is an Australian man.
0: Oh, well, well Crocodile Dundee.
3: I mean, it, no, it's just, you know, you can program Siri to be have different accents. Mm. So I talk to Siri a ton, and I'm sure they talk back to me, and I pick up on the, I don't know. Who knows? But I'm from California. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yes. So I was born in Southern California. But I mean, I went to I went to a boarding school in Washington, D.C. So that's probably where I moved from to New York.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Got it. Got it. Got it. I don't um, know.
3: I, I honestly feel like I get this sometimes. And I actually think that it's just because I'm a little I'm a little off. For no,
0: sure. <laughs> I don't know about that. And
3: something's not right. <laughs> but yeah,
0: Gabe and Christina, what do you have to say about that? Slash Hamptons about Jaws's accent or the Hamptons, or that she's
1: off. <laughs> uh-uh. Oh, we're, I think we're all off to a sense. We wouldn't do what we do, and kind of jump <laughs> in people's <place laughs> day if we weren't off in some way. <laughs>
0: So yeah, I think we're, we're,
1: all, we're all we're all in that boat with a hole in it right now. We're all we're all in the sinking ship together. Um, but <laughs> uh, I'll let Christina speak for herself in terms of her Hamptons experience.
2: Rex, I am just gonna put it out there and say that the three of us are probably. <laughs> I mean, Gabe Gabe has been there plenty of times. I've been there. I haven't done any fitnessy things there. Um, but I have a couple friends, uh, mm-hmm. who I visited and, and I've always, it was funny this summer I was trying to, you know, in, in the pivot, like trying to figure out how to keep doing what I want to do. I was thinking like, Ooh, maybe we'll, we'll take some equipment up there and see what happens. See if people are interested in working mm-hmm. out outside. Um, we never ended mm-hmm. up doing that, but maybe for next year, but, uh yeah i'm i'm looking hopefully i get some opportunities to come on up
0: yeah we should definitely well we'll, let us think on our end we'll try to figure something out um because i know like back in the day there was a thing called the hampton sweat festival right that people used to Mm -hmm. go to
1: um... i was booked for it this year
0: oh for real gabe speak on
1: it so i didn't move here as Mm -hmm. young as jaws but i moved here um right out of college was pursuing a acting career at the time, and worked for a company called model bartenders. And no shame in that employer's name. And I don't know if you're if Rex, you're familiar with <laughs> of a, a catering company called L Scott out there. And I was working. I was I was commuting, I would say like three or four times a week from Manhattan, out east, working massive parties in the summer, whether they were bar mitzvahs, weddings, um, you name it. We were working at these exquisite homes, just serving drinks, serving food, Um, got to see some of the most just like lavish lifestyles that, you know, I never I had never grown up around or seen. Um, So started my Hamptons experience really as the help. Um, wearing a shirt and tie, handing out hors d'oeuvres, and then didn't really have much experience up there. Um, until I started gaining clients who had homes out there. So, kind of abandoning my acting career and really mm-hmm. making my way in fitness, and uh, traveling up there for sessions um, at just at homes, and then uh, actually have one of the most mm-hmm. absurd stories. Uh of my life that took place up there in Sag Harbor. Um, two summers ago, one of my clients, one of my most beloved clients that has been with me since the Equinox days. Her father owns a massive, a 95 foot uh, yacht that they keep in Sag Harbor. And she had um, me and one of my fellow trainer friends, Jeremy, stay on the yacht to, like, to train her and the family. She has a daughter and their friends on the boat for like a long weekend, and it was the last day, and we took the boat to Durye's across the, um, I guess that's the bay there, and uh, go have lunch at Durier's. Mm-hmm. My client Jen, her her uh, her second child is her miniature poodle. His name is Lucky. Then then you will see how this comes full circle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have lunch at Durye's, get back on the boat everybody's you know having a great time everyone's a couple lobsters a couple drinks deep and we head back to sag harbor and uh so everyone's you know like i said having a good old time and jen's daughter says where's lucky as we're about halfway across the bay now this boat is massive so it takes an hour to search the whole boat we can't find lucky he's not on the boat jen's god lover having a meltdown we're all like you know just gritting our teeth jaws clenched. like what the hell are we going to do where is this dog so they turn the boat around and head back you know course correction back the way we came in hopes that somehow we're going to find lucky you know now this is like a six pound dog that is the size of a stuffed animal yeah in the bay now we got the captain on the on the on the top deck with binoculars. Jen's dad, anybody with a set of eyes, trying to you know scan the water. And at this point, it'd probably been about forty-five minutes to an hour since we had left the dock at Duryea's. We're heading in that direction, and we see a brown speck about two hundred yards away. And this damn dog is swimming directly at the yacht, swimming towards us. Forty-five minutes in the oh, water, fuck. which is un unbeknownst apparently to to canines, because if canines are lost in the water, they swim in circles; they don't swim in straight lines. So this dog is like been yeah. swimming for forty-five minutes towards us, directly at us. So, me and my friend Jeremy get on each side of the boat because we don't know where you know the tide is going to take him because he's like I said, the size of a doll. So we both jump in the water grab him hold him up like statue of liberty style like trying to get this dog on board the dog someone grabs me grabs jeremy we get the dog on board and the little guy takes like two steps and just plops and falls asleep in jen's arms and that is the story of lucky the dog at (laughs) (laughs) that was my last that was my last time in the hamptons and it was one of the most miraculous days that i've ever witnessed is easily the best hampton story we've ever had on
0: this podcast so bless you and thank you that's Absolutely. crazy
3: that honestly is pretty crazy <laughs> also lucky yeah.
0: very lucky happy ending yeah okay. fitting i when you said the dog's name was lucky i was like this is either gonna go really really well or really fucking <laughs> poorly so glad it went one way and not the other What do you guys want us to know about you, about stuff you're working on, uh, your outlook for, for 2021 and, uh, generally, right. Um, what haven't we covered yet that, that, you know, we should know. Sure.
2: Um, I mean, I, I'm kind of dabbling in in a lot of different things right now. I, I think it's a good time to do that. I think that, um, for a lot of fitness people and wellness people, um, you know, this is a time to like take risks and, and do things that are a little bit out of your comfort zone. Um, and so in terms of, you know, what to look out for with me, I, I don't have like a concrete answer to that. I wish I did. Um, I don't have a concrete answer to that right now, but I am really trying to just put um, some authentic and helpful stuff out there, whether that's in person to my clients or on social media. Um and, and yeah, so I'll, I'll just leave it with, you know, if, if anybody who's listening wants help with movement, mobility, um, you know, I anything along the lines of athletic performance right now. I'm training for, uh, I've done a few half Ironmans. I'm training for my first full Ironman. So I'd love to share some of how that training's going if, if you're interested. Um, but yeah, I'm here to
0: help. That's beast. Uh <laughs> half or full Iron Man. It's like for me, that's uh then Iron Man is, is me getting up to to get more Oreos. So plus <laughs> you that's fucking amazing. Uh Gabe, what do you got for us, bud?
1: Um where do I start? <clears throat> um where I'm going. Um I'm I'm leaning very heavily um into my Master trainer um, role with Spartan, um, really kind of even taking my clients into new realms of training, just to really you know help them become the most prepared they can be physically, just for life or challenges, and um, just really accepting as much you know uncomfortability in my life as or excuse me discomfort as possible. Um, I'm very comfortable with who I am. Uh, at the moment and proud of who I am. And I've really been just seeking out discomfort in hopes to really, you know, evolve and continue to become a better version of myself, whether that's spiritually, physically, emotionally. Um, You know, I kind of did a little um, series on Instagram during the pandemic that um, I called shadow work. And it was really just kind of me live time going like through my Instagram and like Facebook of like, maybe like darker days that I don't look back with, with, you know, the most pride, but taking the time to kind of sit in my own silence and, you know, pick out the silver linings and the, you know, the, the finding pride in the person that I used to be and the person that I am now and uh, really using just, you know, this time of, of again, not being in the rat race, to just figure out exactly what it is I want in life, you know, not just in my occupation, which us New Yorkers just get so caught up in. It's just, you know, what's the next role? What's the next promotion? What's the next dollar? You know, for now, right now, it's how I want to spend my quality time, where I want to travel to next. You know, what relationships and friendships do I truly cherish, and how can I, you know, make time for those people? So really, right now, it's just um, my life is really about making time and creating space for the people i love and you know the the people that i have yet to connect with that i look forward to whether it's through fitness or you know a spiritual journey um so yeah you can you can find me in in route to hopefully becoming my best self solid message man and uh
0: jaws how about you
3: yeah um i'd say for me it's very exploratory as well um i just continue to i feel like evolve and adapt as a person um i I don't know. There's a lot of things I like to do. I, in my head, believe there's a lot of things I am good at doing. Um, and for me, it's always been just finding direction and in, in kind of um, being okay to let go of some things and <laughs> uh, grow some of the things that I should focus more on my attention to. So I'm still actually trying to discover what all of that is while still working um, and moving forward so for me you know i i like helping people as well movement is my thing so anything related to movement is where you can find me you can reach out to me and you know like you literally can reach out to someone on so many different ways it's like you don't even have to drop in information you just can literally type in someone's name and find them if you want if you want to if you're interested um if you feel like you can kind of uh have a dialogue with that person or yes or no like but i would say like for me it's like making sure i'm a little more specific with my time as well and not stretching myself too thin so
0: totally makes sense so you've heard it here from julie jaws nelson christina centenari and gabe snow on the out east vibes podcast brought to you by dune road lifestyle hit up the links and mentions in the web content related to the podcast to find their contact info on Instagram and uh, anywhere else that you might be able to encounter these three fitness pros near and dear to our hearts. Guys, uh, we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Exactly.